0: Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your
1: host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And we are talking about women as we age. And I'm in that category as as a baby boomer. And how can we age beautifully and gracefully and appreciate our transitions and change? My guest is Mary Pfeiffer. She is the New York Times bestselling author of Reviving Ophelia, celebrating its 25th anniversary year this year. And now comes a new book, Women Rowing North, a guide to wisdom and authenticity for women as they age. Women growing older contend with ageism, Uh, misogamy, misogyny, and loss, and yet Mary Pfeiffer shows that most older women are deeply happy and filled with gratitude and gifts for life. And the struggles we've had make us grow into authentic, empathetic, and wise people. Welcome, Mary. Thanks. It's great to be on your show. Thank you so much. All right, so let's talk about This wonderful book, it offers a timely explanation of the cultural and developmental issues that we face as we age as women. So, what would you say are some of the major ones that we really have to look at?
2: Well, a lot of people know the major hurdles, and they have to do with, for example, um, loss of people in our lives, uh, loss of uh, friends and siblings and so on to death. Also, many of us lose some physical powers as we age, whether it's eyesight or ability to play tennis and so on. Uh, there's also oftentimes a kind of a loss of identity that comes from our old roles, say, as mothers or uh, workers with important jobs or um, perhaps even just attractive women that were valued for their sexuality, whatever those uh, particular roles were, they fall away slightly. And so one of the things I say, Patricia, in this book is at this life stage, if we um, are not working to grow and develop into bigger and better people, mm. we become bitter and diminished versions of our former selves. Mm. So the book really talks about how to uh, use intentionality and uh, attitude to be happy um, and to learn the skills that we need to adapt to anything, and I,
1: I mean anything. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of those skills, Mary? Would you say resilience is on the top of the list? Well, resilience is in
2: some ways a summing up of all of the skills. I mean, one of the skills, for example, is humor. And uh, we know that older women are the happiest people in the American population. And I have some sense for why that is, being one of them. And one of them is we tend to joke around a lot. And we can joke around about very serious and and, uh, difficult situations. But just for one example, when I was at the university teaching and was going to the rec center there, younger women in the changing rooms tended to be pretty stressed out. Um, they have difficult situations often with money, with relationships. They tended to not like their bodies. They'd be crouched over and hiding their bodies and worried about uh, various things in their lives. Well, I switched to a recreation center where it's mostly older people and in that dressing room it's almost the opposite there's a lot of joking around and cross-talking around the dressing room and also we're walking around in our utilitarian underwear without worrying very much what anybody thinks about our bodies (laughs) and uh it's just a beautiful change so that's an example of humor there's another kind of humor that's really important, and that is the ability to make a joke in a really difficult situation. And I, I know a friend, I have a friend who told me that when her mother was dying. She was in ICU, she was in pain from cancer, and this mother had never taken drugs before. She was a hard-working woman, she didn't take prescription drugs, she didn't take over-the-counter drugs. And on her deathbed, when she was in pain, this doctor came in and said, I'd like to give you a shot of morphine for pain. And she started to say no, but my friend shook her head and said yes. So her mother agreed, and this doctor gave her the shot. Well, the mother, whose name was Eve, looked at my friend and said I've made a terrible mistake with my life. I should have been taking drugs all along. Aww. And they all laughed. It was just a funny joke. And she mm-hmm. could make it a moment when things were pretty tough, but it made that moment workable for her mm-hmm. and the doctor and the daughter. Mm-hmm. So humor is definitely one. Another one is gratitude. And happy people learn to thank, thank the sun for rising. They learn to thank... um the Universe for the Miracle of Being Alive. And one of the things that I learned writing this book, Patricia, is I'd always kind of thought of gratitude as as nice, as some kind of virtue or some kind of small skill to be happier. But what I learned is gratitude is actually perhaps our greatest survival skill, and One thing I observed writing this book is the people who are the most grateful are the people with the roughest situations, and it's because they need that gratitude to balance the pain and, and different difficult situational factors in their lives. So gratitude is another one. Another one is women friends. Um, I say women friends are my uh, mental health insurance policy. And mm-hmm. we certainly uh, depend on each other for support. Families are a wonderful shelter belt, and they're a survival skill. Another very important survival skill is uh, reasonable expectations. My Aunt, Grant, Gra- uh, my Aunt Grace put this very well when she said, I get what I want, but I know what to want. So mm. I think, mm. you know, the core of being happy, Patricia, in this life stage is realizing that we have control over our own happiness. Mm-hmm. And um, that whether or not we're happy is really a matter of our own um, attitudes and focus. We can focus on our strengths. We can... Um, look for beauty and joy and love as we go around the universe. And that's really critical to happiness. Okay. I visited this older friend of mine who was in her 90s in a very small apartment in New York. And she couldn't move very well, just barely with a caregiver get to the bed to her piano. She's a jazz pianist. And as I was leaving, I said, Jane, are you, are you okay? Are you happy? And she gave me this great big smile and she pointed to her Head between, and she said, Mary, I've got everything I need to be happy right between my ears.
1: Mm. And, and now, that's I'm, really what yeah. makes us happy. All right, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And I think everything you said is so important. And I want to bring up something. What happens when you've lived your life, you're now 60, 70, and all of a sudden for the first time you have a, a physical loss or you lose somebody very close to you? or you have a financial loss that you didn't expect. But it's happening older, not younger, where you have a lot of years left. How do you cope with that and get back on your feet? Well, first of all, whenever
2: anyone has a serious loss, whether they're 20 or they're 80, they go through that process of grieving um, and all the steps of grieving. But actually, I think that as we get older, we get more resilient, not less because we realize time is short and that we want to enjoy our lives. We want to savor what time we have left. There's very good research that shows that the shorter you believe your life is, the more likely you are to find every day meaningful and um, every day valuable and worth savoring. And that applies to people who've just married a husband. I mean, I've known people walk out of a funeral of their sibling or their husband, and as they walked out, notice um, the wild geese overhead or a taste of snow on their tongue or say something about, you know, what a beautiful experience it's been to be with their friends, and that is partly what I'm talking about when I talk about resilience, is we all figure out ways of self-rescue, we figure out ways to make things workable. Now, Patricia, let me be very clear about this. We don't do it every minute of our lives. Uh, we all have bad days. Nobody's resilient all of the time. But what we do have is a sense for the skills and attitudes we need to be resilient so we can make choices. We don't have a great deal of control over our lives at any point. All of us keep appointments we did not make. But, we have control over our attitudes. And that's what really becomes critical when we get older. And of course, if I lose my husband, I'm going to be heartbroken. I'm going to grieve deeply. I'm going to go through a period of time when I'm not sure life is worth living. I could predict all that about myself right now. But I but I also have some sense that even while that is all going on, there'll be a part of me that is is, is moving forward and, and thinking, how can I make this experience something that um, that that teaches me lessons and allows me to have more empathy for other people and so on?
1: So, I think what you're saying is that, you know, if we have, during our lifetime, right, if we've accumulated skills and we appreciate them and we have a positive attitude in general, that no matter what happens to us, we will be able to carry that on, use those skills. And, and something you said that I thought was really important is as we get older, we know we have less time. So, we're going to use it better. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and if you've been a resilient person most of your life... Mm. and been able to be reasonably happy, you're, you're likely to stay that way. In fact, we know from the the research on this that people get happier and happier up until just the last couple of months before their death. Um, and, of course, at the point they have an enormous loss, their happiness dips down, but it goes back up until almost the last, usually the last couple of months of people's lives They're sick. They're not having a real good time. But before that, uh, older people tend to be the happiest people in in our culture. You know that reminds me of another point I want to make, Patricia, which is, as I wrote this book, I realized that the whole way that our culture sees aging is in terms of loss and diminishment. Right. And from my point of view, that's actually a, a extremely faulty and in some ways, very unkind and unfair where to see aging.
1: It's called called ageism, Mary. (laughs) That's right. It's
2: ageism because most older people are very happy and they report being happy. And um, there's also some really major joys that come to us. In the book, I refer to them as uh, the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. And, for example, one of them is we uh, become more self-accepting we start being more honest with ourselves and the world and experience more authenticity. We give ourselves more power to say no to what we don't want to do and to say yes to what we do want to do. Yeah. We also are able to take the long view. You know, I knew my great-grandmothers, and if I'm lucky, and I probably will be this lucky, I'll get to know my great-grandchildren, some of them. Oh. And that means I will have known seven generations of my family. Mm. And that's a wonderful Mm. gift to just be able to look at family across this great backdrop of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, on that note about, you know, looking at your family through the generations, we're going to come back and talk to Mary Pfeiffer. She's the author of Women Rowing North, Navigating Life Currents and Flourishing as We Age. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: And she is the author of Woman Rowing North, Navigating Life's Currents and Flourishing as We Age. Mary Pfeiffer is a psychologist specializing in women, trauma, and the effects of our culture on mental health, which has earned her the title of the culture cultural therapist for her generation. She's the author of several New York Times bestsellers, including Reviving Ophelia, The Shelter of Each Other, and Other Country. Welcome back, Mary. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about, one of the things you were talking about is this whole thing about family. As we get older, we can really enjoy our family in generations. You know, the, the children, grandchildren, if we have great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. But in all those generations, now we're looking at the young, and then we're seeing our generation. How, what's the continuity in our own life between being the child and now being the older adult? You know, it's a really interesting
2: question because, as my cousin Steve put it, a lot of things happen to you over the course of a lifetime. And I can hardly remember myself as a student at Berkeley. I sold my blood to buy a pretty black sparkly dress one time. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember that woman very well and identify with her. The same with... I loved being a young mother, but that, that young mother has faded into the distance for me. What I tend to remember better than anything else is my own childhood, and I remember... Um, My grandmother, very well. When I can't sleep at night, I go back and I think about my grandmother's kitchen. I can literally open the cabinet doors and remember where the cups and plates were and remember Mm -hmm. how her sink was arranged. And about the time I get to the cookie jar, I fall asleep. And so there's great comfort in remembering, and when I get really, if I'm having a rough patch, one thing I'll do is my mother made really good vegetable soup, and I'll make that soup recipe. And I feel like I'm getting comfort from my mother because it's still, it's still her soup to me. I'm still getting that beautiful comfort food that I've always mm-hmm. loved. But the other way that goes is that there's a part of me that feels more like the 10-year-old girl I was than at any other time in my life. For example, when I was 10 years old, I liked reading, I liked being outdoors, I liked animals, I liked swimming, I liked my family, and I liked my girlfriends. And that's exactly what I like now.
1: I have almost
2: the same kind of days now I had when I was 10 years old, because I have the choices I had Mm. when I was 10, especially in summer Yeah, it's interesting when
1: you say that because I was thinking of that as you said it. And when I was a child, we were at the beach in the summer, and I loved being in the ocean. I loved swimming, and I loved dancing, and I loved movement, and I loved people, and that's everything I love now.
2: Same thing. Isn't it interesting how that 10-year-old self gets to come back and give us (laughs) us a chance to once again enjoy that? And by the way, I think that's one reason older people are happy is – because we have this strong sense of finitude, we tend to do what it is we love. We don't wait. I I say to my friends, eventually is no longer a word to me. Yeah, if I, I have an opportunity to get, do something that gives me joy, I do it. Because I, I, I can't really say, well... Maybe five years from now, I'll get around to doing that. Right, right. If it's important to me, right. I'll do it. You know,
1: it's funny. It's funny. I remember I, my family used to say to me, my parents used to say, "You know, wait, you'll do it later. You just wait." And now I say mm-hmm. just what you said. What am I? I can't wait. I, you know, I've got to do it now. Yeah, same yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Oh, and there's much more awareness of how much we want to enjoy every day. Mm -hmm. And approach every day with child's mind. And I I have days that remind myself, remind me of what I was like at 10. I mean, I'll do, for example, one thing I do a lot these days that I I didn't do for many years because I was just too busy to do it, being a working mom, is I'll I'll go out and lie down in grass with my grandkids Mm. or my women friends and look at the sky. Now, that's something I love to do as a girl. And then I had several decades I never really thought to do that much but I'm back to doing that again and it's a wonderful experience
1: I think there's another thing you said I just want to say one other thing you said that I want is what we're more honest I think you know 20-30 years ago I was more uh, careful and now I mean I do it in a nice way but I'm less likely just to do it because it's the right thing to do I I mean sometimes it is the right thing to do but I'm more likely to listen to what I really feel and need do you find that too? absolutely
2: especially for women it's
1: a big deal because we are taught to be
2: i grew up i bet you grew up being taught to be a very good girl no question and when i was a girl my my nickname in my family was good little helper mary's a good uh-huh. little helper uh-huh. well i've been a good little helper all my life and uh-huh. i don't mind that role i've had a lot of good times being a good little helper and it's certainly better than many roles that people grow up uh, learning as as a way of being in the universe. On the other hand, at, at this at, at about 65 or so many women realize that they want to start learning a new skill which is how to nurture themselves and take care of themselves and be self protective and self you know, have self care a higher priority. So for example One thing I decided, I think it was on my 65th birthday, was I was never going to stay in a room where I felt uncomfortable again. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we all do things that aren't fun because someone we love is ill or we have to pay taxes. or It's not like we live lives of hedonism. And personally, for me, doing work that's meaningful is very fun. I want to do it right up until I stop breathing. I think it's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. That being said... Um, I think it's wonderful to start having the power of saying yes to what's yep. deep in your heart
1: and no, no to
2: that which you don't want to do. It's just really a good experience.
1: All right, Mary, we, we have to close. So what are your closing thoughts? What would you like to leave our listeners with? What What is the message you want them to get?
2: Well, I, I want people to really understand that it's never too late to be happy, that happiness is a choice and a set of skills. It's never too late to make good friends, um, and that we always have within us the capacity for growing and for joy.
1: Mm, How beautiful. How can people find your book and your work? Women Roy North is everywhere, and I've got a website, com. All right. Uh, And do you give workshops and seminars as well? You know, I used to. But that's one of the things that uh, has come to me as a gift
2: at 71, which is the power of no. And it's not so much I don't enjoy meeting people and seeing people, but I've grown re- weary of hotel rooms and airplanes.
1: So I'm not <laughs> doing much
2: of that at all.
1: <laughs> How do people find your book? What it, well, I mean, not your book, your website. What is your website? MaryPyfer.com Okay. All right. Uh, Mary, it's been really an honor and a pleasure to have you on the program. I really appreciate it.
2: I want thank to thank you. you. I enjoyed the show, Patricia.
1: Yeah, stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. And until next time, uh, look me up on Facebook, Patricia Raskin Raskin Resources, or write to me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list so you can see all of the upcoming wonderful guests on this program and others. All right, until next time, have a great week. Bye for now.